thank you, uh, everyone. My name is Julie from New York, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And it isn't in my hands. It's in God's hands. Uh, I'm going to pause for just a moment to uh, ask my higher power to come in and help me to say words that will help somebody. Uh, Yeah, like I said, I'm Julie, and I'm thankful to be here. Yes, I'm a uh, uh, 100-pounder. I came into this program where it actually stuck. Uh, I was struck abstinent on December 10th, 2008. I cannot believe that it's 15 years already. Uh, By the grace of God, the little thousands of decisions that I've had to make each day uh, since that day, uh, have contributed to where I'm at now. Um, I was a hundred pounder. I, I was my top weight was three ten. Uh, I'm now one sixty, uh, and recovery just keeps getting better and better because in my life, I never felt. I'm sixty two now. By the grace of God, I haven't got an acre of pain in my body, not taking any any blood pressure or blood sugar medicine or any of that stuff, you know, uh, any of that, thank God. Um, uh, I cannot believe how light my legs feel. Uh, I, I used to, I used to think, oh, well, um, you know, the, the, that's all fine and good for thin people, you know, but now I've become one of them, you know, I was like, oh, my goodness. But, again, I still have the disease of compulsive eating. This this is not cured. This is a gentle and loving daily reprieve, provided that I, as as a child, in my heart, come to my higher power and do certain things that keep me on the straight and narrow in a gentle and loving and encouraging fashion. And there may be times when I royally do not want to do these things, you know, especially when I'm in a rage or in a tear and an anger. But again, there's that gentle God again uh, suggesting that I find ways to uh, soothe myself and and that I'm worth it to feel better, you know? And that uh, even if there's nobody else around to do, to do the soothing, but that, that I'm full up enough in myself and I've got my higher power to encourage me and love me and be tender to me and teach me how to be tender with myself and and faithful to myself and reliable to myself and trustworthy to myself. And that all builds up my integrity so that when I'm then dealing with other people, how much more I can be reliable. And and if I can accept myself in, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, shall we say in a mess, a messy state and in, in a kind of unfinished state, which I think we all are, uh, if I can accept myself and love myself, not always be thrilled necessarily, right? Uh, but then defer and rely and lean on my higher power, that tender, caring, compassionate, uh, uh, firm, and yet gentle guidance, non-judgmental, non-critical. That's the only kind of God I could, that I could work with, really. And the God I grew up with was, you know, loving but distant. You know, I didn't think he really particularly cared about what I was eating. But yet, when you think about it, the creator 
you know, really is interested in the kind of, you know, free of fuel and petrol I'm putting in my body, uh, you know, just like a, a car manufacturer, really, you know, of a, a, a Lamborghini or, uh, you know what I'm saying, it's a Ferrari or something. You, you don't put diesel into them cars, you know. You, you, you use a, you know, a soft cloth to polish them, them cars, you know. So I'm saying is that, that, that I went from being a broken down, uh, you know, jalopy of a car who was, oh, yeah, very jocular and happy with everybody, deeply lonely and happy in myself, unhappy in myself. And no matter how much I ate, I would eat a whole gigantic meal plus dessert plus, oh, mind you, diet sodas, of course. Uh, that's, somehow that, that made it all right, right? And still be as hungry, if not more hungry, at the end of the meal. Well, of course, physically I'd stretch out my stomach, but they tell us that the very same nerve cells that the messages for hunger, physical hunger, or the ver- ver- that, that run those messages up and down our spine and our brain and so forth, are the very same nerve cells, bundle of nerves that carry the message, hey, I'm lonely, I need connection. Hey, I'm empty, I need my God. Hey, I'm empty, I need, I need m- m- my fellows. Hey, I'm empty, I need myself. I need to know myself. I need to love myself. I need to discover myself. So getting back to what I have now, here I am at 15 years later. And at times it gets harder because uh, um, the stakes are higher. As as my absence grows, and I'm not just talking about kind of quote-unquote strictly sticking to, uh, you know, food, a diet or a food plan that works for me, but rather... The, 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 the nine-tenths of, of, of the, uh, of the um, iceberg of recovery is uh, spiritual in nature, is, 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 is the minute thousands of decisions I make each day for integrity, for uh, even when I don't know what the heck I'm doing, even when I'm highly emotional, upset, or lonely, whatever, right? The point is that, that, that my abstinence, right, uh, has to weather all weathers, has to be... There, that commitment, my willingness to to remain absent despite heartbreak, betrayal, repeated, repeated, repeated betrayal, let's say, Uh, feelings of bitterness at times, feelings of pain, feelings of, ow, that hurt, that shouldn't have happened to me, you know, know, uh, uh, feelings of, that's unfair, feelings of, oh, I didn't expect that to happen, feelings of, oh, I feel very stupid. Here, or I feel very lonely or very sad or very scared out of my mind. I need to be able to notice, right, uh, be, be stick to my abstinence, no matter what I'm feeling. And the anger. Oh, don't forget anger, too. Uh, did I mention that? Yeah. Uh, because in my eating days, which was my whole life until I was 47, you know, uh uh, they, do, they also tell us that um, before my conscious mind, before our conscious mind knows a thing, the unconscious mind has already made the decision for us. Ten minutes. I guess that they timed it, I don't know. Ten minutes before the conscious mind is even aware that there's even a problem. In other words... So it's very tricky because the problem, the question is asked and answered before even by the unconscious mind. And so the before I was even consciously aware of being angry, the food was already 
on a fork in my mouth. You know saying? So I was blissfully, or not so blissfully, as I was getting fatter and fatter and unhappier and happier, unable to walk after a while. Uh, and I had been a karate black belt uh, but back in the day when I was younger. And even in those days, I compulsively overate and I had a bit of a tummy and my legs still felt heavy, wooden, like lead. And I was always working out to exhaustion because uh, I was using that to run away from my emotions. And so uh, if it was not borderline exercise, believe me, I don't know what you would call it, except that I just, you know, ate. At that time also, I remember someone, some, you know, I was I was so fragile in my ego, let's put it that way, my healthy ego, that when one of the uh, women who was training with me in karate said, oh, you know, you look like you you, put, you have a bit of a belly there. How much do you weigh? I said, 150. She says, oh, well, um, you know, why don't you do something about it? And so I, I went on a doctor, quote, unquote, supervised fast with just to eat a powder once, once a day. And I became so weak after a couple of days that not only could I not train, but I couldn't get out of bed. And I, boy... That thing was costing me, I don't know, what was it, $50 a week or whatever it was. The point was supposed to be good. It was the doctor supervised. But, but I, could, I couldn't, not, not only could I not train in karate, but could not, I could not, um, I could not even get out of bed. That's how weakened I had become. So I was willing to cra- try any crazy thing. Now, now the other thing, too, is that twice in my eating career, let's put it that way, oh, boy, dubiously worded, right? I reached uh, on a shelf uh, in a, uh, you know, big box uh, uh, pharmacy for the, I guess, the Dexedrin. You know, I, I think I never bought it, right? But I seriously, saw, uh, you know, had my hand on the product, was going to buy it and take it. And, and uh, what I understand that to be is a either, if not an, a, a a, a, a real form of speed, which, which decades ago they used to describe to women and people trying to lose weight, to speed up the metabolism, right? To take a drug, an amphetamine, uh, to speed up the, uh, uh, you know, adrenaline and burn the weight off that way, you know. Uh, never, of course, dealing with the real problem, which was that uh, I used food as a way to hide from my emotions as a way to hide from reality because I assumed that all reality was bad. I had come up in a very destructive, psychologically uh, damaging, as well as physically and sadly sexually also uh, from a very early age that started just just invalidating and terrifying uh, and isolating. There, there There was no help. You know, even in an apartment building, you know, they could hear me screaming r- r- routinely seven floors down, you know, just the horror of it. So the reality is, so I had it in my brain that all, all reality is bad. And so I used food to escape from reality. I used food to escape from what was wrong with me, what was right with me. And I, I was taught to believe that everything was wrong with me. And so therefore, on the one hand, did, did, did I not always take, I always took the blame for other people's mistakes and bad things they did, but I also also was hyper and super sensitive to any criticism because I felt so bad about myself, you know. And then I was codependent on top of it so that, 
the extra food that I ate, a lot of extra food, one point I was eating 11 times a day, I remember shortly before I became abstinent, I, I kept a record of it briefly for a few days and saw that I was actually eating 11 times a day, deep foods. But I had all that extra energy, quote, unquote, uh, eating very, very cheap foods that had no nutrition whatsoever. They were cheap, and I thought, oh, well, I'm saving money, but no. I became abstinent in December of, of 08, and in September of 08, I spent $900 on food, whether it was eating out or groceries, on a disability income, right? Now, if that ain't insanity, I know what is, really, seriously. So God took me out of all that, and, and uh, but I had to become willing, and it took me a whole year to become willing. I was... As you know, I was I was I had ranked you know first degree black belt uh, you know some you know fifteen twenty years prior, and to lose the ability to walk for me was akin to death. Even though I had many friends in the disability rights community who you know wheelchair users and and you know tried to impress upon upon us that one can have a quality of life, but not if one is a compulsive overeater. And and I and I was doing this to myself. I had very, very severe, horrible fibromyalgia. And you see, the thing is, I'm one of these very, very, very stubborn, hard-headed cousins that God had to, for a whole year, give me these excruciating pains until finally I was willing to say to someone privately in another group that I was in, uh, I think there might be a connection between with what I'm eating, don't tell anybody, and my inability to walk. And it turned out, lucked out, she had 22 years of abstinence in OA. The, the, the group that I was in had nothing to do with food, but yet here God had placed this lady in my life. She lived in Israel. I lived in, in America, and, and we spoke each night for her. It was morning. And uh, it turned out she had 22 years. So I then realized at that point that that 22 years meant that abstinence was a long-term viable lifestyle choice. And it is a choice. Every day that I choose uh, um, not to, uh, uh, you know, use food to evade responsibility, to avoid reality, to, uh, you know, make people do, try to make people do things what I want to do. One of the most hard exercises that my last sponsor gave me was to, and it took me three weeks to do it, because I'd already done the exhaustive, uh, you know, inventory of how bad it was, right, and, and, and how hurt and wronged I'd been and so forth, and, and rightly so. But she said, look, write down your positive, what's good about you. Yeah, and she said in a very gentle, loving, loving fashion, it took me three weeks, I was choking on the exercise, choking. And so, so just like rea- not all reality is bad, but through abstinence, I'm getting to discover what's good, not only what's good about me, but what's great about me. And, you know, I'd always been taught, oh, well, that's, that's high ego. You're just being egotistical. You're being narcissistic. You know, how dare you, you know, aggrandize yourself. But the fact is that I was then so much backwards in the other way that I was, you know, not, not even worthy to, you know, piece of, you know, even be a piece of flesh. You know what I'm saying? The point is that I was worthless. That five minutes, thank you so much, moderator. I appreciate that. So I'm going to wrap this up and tell you all that, yes, I became abstinent in in, uh, December 10th of 2008. 
I went through a, a horrible 36-day uh, withdrawal, mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, and I'm delighted and grateful for it because it, it, it was that horrible that it made me think twice. By February, beginning of February, I threw away my cane and I began walking normally. No pain in my body. Now, in my particular case, I do without the sugar, the, the, the sweetness of any kind, flour of any kind, gluten of any kind, a way to measure my food, and depending on what is happening with my body, uh, it'll it'll be three meals, uh, you know, uh, with pretty much nothing in between. You know, there are times when that has to be modified, but you know, my absence grows with me. Anyway, uh, so where am I? Where am I today? I am. Uh, well, not, of course, not only able to 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 uh, to walk and run and and just just feel so light in my body, but I actually feel a sense of integrity. I feel like I have something useful to pass on to somebody. I I, I can only hope, right? And it's funny because you know God is God. By the way, is always make me do this qualification when I'm in, in well in crisis. At the moment, I'm homeless. I've been homeless for about a year now. And it's not like I'm sleeping out there in the street in the cold every night. It's, it isn't. In fact, I've been very lucky the last few months that I've been indoors and with generally good people. And this experience has grown me a lot, a lot. But I will tell you that uh, that I have been able, by the grace of God only, and between the privacy of me and my higher power, to make that decision each and every day, despite being homeless, uh, to be abstinent. So yes, abstinence is a viable lifestyle choice. I am not going to tell you it's easy because it isn't. It ain't. Uh, and uh, there are times when I just say, God, I cannot take it. Or God, please give me the self-control or the attitude and behavior you'd be proud of because I can't. That prayer is always answered. So what can I leave you with uh, for topic today? First of all, let me give you my number. I can't take a lot of calls or talk for a long time, uh, but uh, I can, uh, you know, take uh, short calls. So, you know, people like to make out, meet outreach or, you know, uh, you find a friendly person online, can answer a few questions, a few minutes, the newcomers, whatever. My number in Eastern time is 718290. Three six six zero seven one eight two nine zero three six six zero. I'm Julie, and uh, I just want to remind uh, 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 us all that uh, a gentle approach, rather than a punitive approach, is what has worked best for me. Uh, my last sponsor before she went to heaven, we worked together five and a half years. And every week I spoke with her for an hour, and I, I'd feel like, lo, the devil, when I when I first got on the call, and I would feel like an angel. I would feel so loved and, and so worthwhile at the end of our hour-long call. Bless her. She was so gentle and committed to her own, own recovery and her own absence of the day she died. So anyway, as a topic, as a topic, I'd like to put forward... Uh, powerlessness and step one the blessings of powerlessness sometimes the curse of powerlessness but the fact is that all reality for me as a human being as a compulsive overeater begins with that step one of admitting powerlessness and that it's okay don't make me a bad person it don't make me nothing except a human 
and I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I'm in the right place. I'm neither too high nor too low. It puts me in the right place in relation to God and other people and that it's okay to be human. It's okay to be powerless as long as whatever power I do have, I use for good in alignment with God's plan for me. And with that, I'm Julie, and I pass. Thank you.